1: at luckylandslots.com
0: available to players in the US excluding Washington and Michigan no purchase necessary bgw group void rope, prohibited by law 18+ terms and conditions apply this
1: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
4: Good ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a Celtic state of mind on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm your host, Declan McConville, and I am joined by Lawrence Conley, but a man down. But we're going to go for it. Lawrence, how are you doing? Doing well, mate. Uh, you, you know, it's no uh,
5: Celtic football to speak of, but obviously Bertie passing on the Tommy Burns play and Tony Ralston's sensational Scotland debut. It's no coincidence, mate they eventually pick him and they get their best performance in years. I think it's just yeah, Tony yeah. Rawlsson's world and we're all living in it, mate. You know, yeah, I
4: totally agree that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's probably no other place to to start today. Um, on Sunday, we, we learned the sad news that, that Bertie Old had, had passed away. Um, Lawrence, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Bertie Old, uh, described by Bernard Ponson, if nobody's had a chance to, to check that out yet in his obituary, he said, uh, if Billy McNeil is never-to-be-forgotten icon of Lisbon 1967, Jimmy Johnson, the irrepressible entertainer, Bobby Murdoch, the beating heart of this country's greatest ever club side, and Bertie Alder's the enduring spirit. Lawrence, it was the enduring spirit. Um, Bertie, sum up in your own words.
5: I don't know if you can... I don't know if there's enough words. There's just so much to say about the guy. He, he was everybody's favourite Celtic daft uncle that you, you know you're aware of from your wee guy. Whether it was when he was managing Thistle or maybe you popped into Bairds and you saw him there. But yeah, obviously you you named the club after him, mate.
4: Um, yeah. So a couple of years ago, um, obviously being a Mary Hill boy, there was no other person that we we could name our CSC after than the one and only. Um, Bertie Old, uh, I remember giving him the phone call We asked him to give his permission to do it and he was over the moon chuffed, he said "He I said, go for it son, he was absolutely chuffed that we were doing that so we did go for it and um, in those you know, three and a bit years, he's been a great support to all of us, he's always um, told us if we need anything, just to let us know he was always there at the other end of the phone for me if ever I needed anything, if ever I wanted advice I would talk to him and he was just a really good friend and I think it's for some of us that you know get lucky to call some of these guys our friends, the Lisbon lines go from these kind of mythical creatures that you you grow up hearing about, the tales about, you know all about. I when mean, to become your friend, it's you know it's one of the um, one of the greatest privileges that you can get. And you know we're down to a squad of six guys left now, um, four that played that day in Lisbon, and it's just to think about appreciating them while they're still here and giving them the love and. That they deserve because you know they are Celtic's greatest ever squad, Celtic's greatest ever team. And without them, um, something that Ange Postecoglou spoke about yesterday, um, you know, they, they built the platform for the modern day Celtic. And without them, you know, Celtic would not be the, the club that we are today. Do you agree with that, Lawrence?
5: I think you know, as, as well, it's about uh, you see former players kind of, definitely, but you'll you, you see kind of former players like Vega. And Musa coming in—the effect that these guys had on them. You know, a a sad, sad day that you know another lion's gone. And as you say, we're down to six, six left. I think one thing they've all got common—they can never do enough for the fans. You know, they never lost that connection.
4: Yeah, and I think Bertie's uh, signing at Celtic in 1965 is kind of—it's very important in the whole. Tail of it all because obviously sixty seven is the place that we um, we got all go to that that sunny afternoon in Lisbon. But without that, the Firling Cup final, which Bertie scores a, a brace in, and obviously Big Billy's goals, remember as remembered as, as the and header at the very end of the game. without Bertie's double in the game, you know we probably wouldn't have went on to beat Dunfermline in that Cup final. Where would we have been? I'd been won that Scottish Cup.
5: Yeah, I mean, first trophy, what was it, nine years or something? Uh, and the previous, you know, the 7-1 team, he, he was in every uh, tie up until the final, because before he left, you know, going to Birmingham. So his famous two results, that's 7-1 and Lisbon. But yeah, 65, you know, going behind twice, better Poole was leveled recently, passed away. i uh, for ability
4: to put in the, the back of the net and, and, and win the cup for us. Well, that's it. And he was, uh, you know, if you watch that 67 Cup final back, he probably was man of the match. He just completely dominated the midfield and, uh, you know, an absolutely incredible performance, not just by betting the other guys, but in that midfield with Bobby Murdoch, they were two very special players. And um, when I spoke to Paddy Clarend uh, a wee while ago He asked Paddy I said do you think you would have got in that team he says probably not son because you know Bobby Murdoch can be older in there and they two are very special players so I don't know if I would have even got in the team which you know says everything about the two special players that we had in there that you know the year after Paddy and Savat Busby went on to win the European Cup as well but um, that filming team that we beat was obviously built the team, um and we beat them in that cup final and we went on to, to play the Vic season, got to a semi-final against Liverpool and uh, a European tournament, robbed down there. I think any Celtic fan that you've heard stories from, if they were at Anfield, uh, that night, you know, the bottles that came in the pitch. Bobby you know, goal yeah um yeah. And again, I think those kind of fixtures are very important in understanding. You know, Celtic had went a run in Europe the season previous, 65-66 before we went in that run to the final in Lisbon 66-67. And uh, I think you know, for a lot of the players I probably would say that they gained a lot of experience from that, that run, Lawrence, and it was important in terms of the, the building under Jock's team towards 66-67 season.
5: Yeah, d- d- definitely. And I think Jock, uh, you know, during that time, he was arranging European friendlies as well to give them that exposure. He, he, obviously, under master of the game and he understood that they needed that and to, to come up against different styles but you know five trophies in one season you know and he, he was a, a major part of that wasn't
4: he yeah he was and I think you know when he arrived we, we played the Erdry, I think it was an Airdrie side that had beat us just a few weeks previous Bertie came in I think we gubbed them 6 another 6-1 six, Bertie scored five of the goals so uh, it says everything about very old but I think as you're saying there, Lawrence as well, you know, if you go right back to the late fifties, um, you know, he always referred to, to Jimmy McGrory as the boss. He, he was his original gaffer, I said he was a you know, lovely, lovely man. Um, something a lot of former Celts say was probably Jimmy McGrory's downfall, that he was just too nice a person, maybe not in the football manager mode, you know, a phenomenal player, but just a really kind gentleman that, you know, stood with a big coat on and let them run round the track at Celtic Park with no ball and training. But uh, I think, you know, Bertie would also probably told me many a time, you know, going into that dressing room with guys like Neilie Malkin and Charlie Tully was a real grounding for him and, you know, excitement to go in there with such big names and kind of learn his football trade in there before he went down to Birmingham in 61.
5: Yeah, I think, you know, McGlory obviously didn't pick a team and Steen changed that. But he could definitely spot a player. I mean, out of the Lions, it was only Willie Wallace. He didn't sign... You know, mm-hmm. so he definitely knew a player. and um, But saying that, you know, he gave Steen his chance at Celtic and management before he moved away, the, the same with Fallon. So McGrory definitely knew his football. And he wasn't a bad goal scorer.
4: He wasn't a bad scorer. I think he scored a few goals in and White Hoops, Jimmy Um Thanks to everybody that's getting involved in the comments. Sorry for that wee technical glitch at the start um, of the show. Aran CSC, are very welcome to the show. We've got folk from Belfast as well. We have Cork in the comments. Please, if you're you know want to share any Bertie old stories in the comments, please let us know some, and we'll read some of them out because I think it's you know as we've all been probably shed a tear the past couple of days. It's very hard to think about the old without smiling, and um, because if you know anybody that's walked through that front door at Celtic Park or, or walked down the uh, Kerrydale Street, just knows how big and infectious character bit old was and how much the Celtic fans loved him and how much he loved the Celtic fans, Lawrence.
5: Definitely. You know, you know whether it's supporters' functions they turned up a lot of. You know, Beard's yeah. bar for a while. He just, he had a story for everything. You know, enough time, you know, you're a wee cousin with you, he gets picture taken with him and he always had a laugh and a joke, didn't he? He, he, he had some cracking comments you know when John Gregg's trying to wind them up about being on a 10-1 bonus and Celtic's only been £5 but better coming back going you know ours is guaranteed it's just you know it's kind of lines that are going to be told over and over again isn't it you know as long as there's a Celtic
4: Yeah I think uh, nobody's checked it out Cy Ferry tells a story in open goal about uh, coconut dog Uh, if you've not checked it out go and have a look at it I won't ruin the joke I won't be able to do it and it's good to a voice, but um, you know, just sitting at a table with Martin Neal asking him, Martin, do you like Doug's? It's just Bertie typified, you know, just <laughs> no filter, right into it as per usual, you know, and that was just him. He liked to laugh, liked to joke, he, liked, he lived life and, and was always laughing, always had a smile on his face. I don't think I ever, ever seen him refuse a photo with one person. After, the, if you remember, back Lawrence, we beat St Johnson's 7 0 at the start of the nine in a row season at Celtic Park in opening day. And he came up to the Stangrater after the game. It was a really hot day. It was about 24 degrees or something Celsius. Came into the pub. I mean, you know, he'd been to the game, did all his hospitality stuff, so he was probably knackered. And he stood in that pub for a good two hours and took a photo with every single person in that pub before he left, got up, did a talk, then left, which was just... Better. You don't get footballers like that nowadays.
5: No, oh, it's definitely... Uh, aye, they're not a... I think it's just a connection you know we've heard a few people say you know a fan got lucky or you know just still a fan of the club it was so true wasn't it you know I think he had an affiliation for Thistle growing up but as soon as he signed for Celtic that was it and there was no bigger Celtic fan out there than than Bertie was there?
4: No I think that's you know something uh, Chris McLaughlin covered in his uh, tribute last night in BBC he said you know although he did play for other clubs obviously went down to Birmingham was at Hibs for a while um he was a, a one-club man in the sense that Celtic Park was always where heart lay, and he, he made sure of that and was always there as a as a present. And, um, you know, it's something we're going to come on to from yesterday's Ange Posta-Coglu press conference yesterday when um, he was talking about, you know, players of the past being in and around the club and how important it is. But hey, just to finish on this from from Bernard Ponson, I think this was one of the lines that really summed him up when he said... Um, let me just find it here, he said where are we here? here, he said the old is a throwback to the age when players grew up as supporters and lived alongside others fanatics and an impressive egalitarianism it was an age when heroes were not cocooned or aloof or unapproachable, he never needed to kiss a badge, pump the air with his fist or utter pre-rehearsed sentiments about love of club he knew he was the real deal and so did those who follow Celtic, I think that some spare to hold up perfectly. It was the real deal to all of us, and um, the club, its fans, his fellow Lisbon Lions. I think they're all going to miss him really, really dearly. Um, but you know, I think he'll always be in our hearts, and as long as there, are, there is a Celtic, the Lisbon Lions will always be remembered, Lawrence. Yeah,
5: de- de- definitely. Yeah, uh, define a moment for the club, and but perhaps you know, for football as well. Just that the the style they played with. You know, it wasn't just that they won it. It's the way they won it, wasn't it? And he epitomised everything about the, the kind of gallusness that team had.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, gallus is definitely the word. He was completely gallus. Um, but to go on from that, and this leads us into uh, yesterday's fan media uh, conference that we had with Ange Postacoglu. Colin what attended on behalf of Axel. I was there on another capacity for the alternative view. Um, and you know, took his time with all of his answered all questions very detailed. And um, didn't look as if he was in a rush. Seemed very at ease with the Celtic support and came across in a very good manner. Um, Lawrence, one of the, the questions I put to the, the manager was about legends of the past being visible in and around the club. How important is that to to youth players? Was the, the first thing I asked him because I'd read what Callum McGregor had said about. Bertie all been in and around the club and, and getting to know him for years. But but Ange said, you know, it's been really important for me since joining here. He just came off the, the back of a cup of tea with Danny McGrain, and he'd had a chat with John Clark in the morning and said that, you know, sometimes he said when, when you're a Celtic manager, um you walk a bit taller. He said, you know, you're in a very privileged position to be at this football club. And you know that when you go out there in front of 60,000 on a Saturday he said, it's not me that's built that, it's these guys of the past that's built it, and anything that, that our current crop of, of players do to, to do that, we're only adding to the institution that's been built by those men of the past. How important are guys like, like Danny McGray and John Clark, and other guys who are around the building that you know we've all probably met in many an occasion just to have it around the club?
5: Yeah, I, I think they're hugely, I mean, two of the guys that you, you touched on there, its you know they, they set the highest standard possible. They show what's mm-hmm. Well, it is possible. I mean, Danny, the best defender in the world, who has voted, you know, arguably for four or five years running. Some would say the best player in the world. I think he was Tommy Burns, his best ever player. Uh, John Clark's done everything, is not he? You know, really? see seen that big cup, one of the years we won that. It, it sets standards for them. Uh, it gives them an idea of what the club's about. And, uh, you know, they'll be telling them how to interact with fans and what it's like, uh, you, you know, what to expect uh, and and give them just an appreciation of what's went in front of them and the hard work that's to get the club to this level to to have that history
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know, it's just phone internet, not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of Ookla test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit Cox.com/slash/internet for details.
4: Yeah, absolutely, um, and it is—it's it's building. It is building in the past, and it's something that I think Celtic do better than, than some clubs. That was what Ange said yesterday. That you know we we do recognise those uh, heroes of the past that we all hold dearly. And um, there's been a lot of outpouring of love and of emotion towards Betty as there has been with Every passing of the uh, Lisbon Lions and Celtic legends. Um, something Paul's came in here in the, the comments with one of the questions, Lawrence, was about untapped markets. And one of the guys at the um, press conference yesterday, and Paul's saying here, he saw Andrew's presser yesterday, he said, Agree is an Aussie, there's an incredible young talent in Iran and Iraq. This is an untapped market, managers don't like to have to use interpreters, and used four in Japan. Um, Obviously Celtic, you know, for many years have used the the British market, European market, have, you know, meddled into some other markets at times of, you know, now looking at Japan with Kyogo and the link to uh, Yokohama Marino's, uh, Angie's old team. But Lawrence, how how important is it that we've got a manager in there that is looking around the place? Because a club like Celtic, we don't have a, you know, budgets like teams like Manchester City and Liverpool. But if we have the right scouting departments set up and If you think back um, to a few years ago when we played Malmo, they had a lot of Paraguay players in their their, their side. How important is it to get that right at the very start of this? Because, you know, we've used the the terminology of rebuild constantly, but if you get your your structure set up in terms of scouting, how important could that be for the the future of Celtic under Ange Postacoglu?
5: Listen, it's absolutely huge. If you don't get your recruitment right, you you, you don't get the right players on the park. And you've touched on a bit you know, we've got a finite budget, so we do need to be, be looking everywhere. Uh, you know, whether it's we need to bring in interpreters to, to help with guys when we bring them in. So be it. We just need to make, make the best of what we've got and all the opportunities out there. Uh, you know, we're not going to beat Man City in the race for a player generally. You know, we're already starting to lose players. You know, there's rumours they're looking at another Celtic player to like likes a Bayern, Man City, Watford. So I think, yeah, we need to be looking everywhere and, and, and get the best bang for a buck. You know, when John Park was there, we were brought in the likes of Van Dyke, Wanyama. We need to start uncovering these players again. Now, it doesn't necessarily be from the same market. It could be from Iran or Iraq or, or Japan. Just wherever they are, we need to be aware of them. We need to have that scouting network set up and bring them in. Be, but, you know, your recruitment, it's all you need to make sure they work together as a team. I suppose mcgrory we, we touched on it, signed every, every Lisbon line by while Wallace. You know, we got the recruitment right then. We, we just need to be making sure we're bringing them in and giving these guys pathways into the first team and then we're developing them. Because for, for a while, that pathway's really been blocked. And you look at it, you know, it's, but it's starting to pack back under Ange. You know, and he's, he's improving players as well. Look at Tony Ralston's season so far. You know, it, it's you can see that he's getting better game by game. So it looks like we've got the right man in charge for us. Uh, he's got, you know, Kyogo coming in. He's looked brilliant. Abada from Israel. You know, he, he's, although we've used the Israeli market before, you know, I, I think he's willing to cast the net wide and maybe not be stuck to a certain cohort of agents, you know, speak to everyone. Maybe that part part of that's down to, to Michael Nicholson, you know, the, the job he's doing as well. I don't know. And, and the short period, Don McKay, C he obviously changed things as well, part of that being the the fan media that you were at. But Mm. we definitely need to kind of be searching everywhere for the next star. You you know, I think we're all hopeful that we're going to bring in, you know, three or four in January and maybe move some on as well. Uh, so Ange seems to have alluded to you know, there's a lot of it that's going on in the background. We're already speaking to people. Which would suggest that we're, we're going to be a bit more prepared than we have been for previous Januarys, where it's down to a loan signing on the last day. You know, and you're like, so, so, so time will tell. We don't have, uh, have long to wait uh, to see what the, the transfer window is going to bring. But we're certainly getting linked with a lot of players just now, which which is good. Uh, but mm. you know, we've got a, a semi final before that, and hopefully a final, and staying at top at the top top of the league. Listen, we're, we're going to catch Bayern soon as well and, and they've got a bit of injury crisis. Hopefully we can get something over on Germany soon mm-hmm. uh, and set up a real meaningful last game with Betis. You know, that if we beat them, that there's something to play for.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, at this point in time, mid-November, um, you know, but four points off the top, I don't think, you know, pre-Petordry people probably saw us getting... That close, obviously, we did have a chance uh, when we talked points against Livingston to, to go to the summit at the table that day, but but not to be, but there's going to be a lot of football in front of us. Um, in terms of last week, ongoing on, the situation has changed the league. The, the team at the top of the table at this current point doesn't have a manager, which is something Celtic need to take look at in terms of, you know, although people would say we're still, in terms of the rebuild, we're still going through phases of it, we should be a lot more settled now um, I think Ange has had probably not enough time to work with the players, but a right amount of time that he can get them playing to the football standards that he, he has done, which we've seen. And uh, I think something you've touched on there, Lawrence, which is really interesting, is that path went at the first team. Um, and that path went at the first team culminated in Tony Ralston making his Scotland debut last night. and um, We woke him on to Scotland last night because I think the first talking about Carl McGregor especially last night, who I thought was absolutely exceptional again. But in terms of Ralston and, and other guys breaking through, um, the pathway is there, not just in terms of going out into the market and buying players in, but also for for the youth team, and I think that's very, very important. What the manager's trying to do, because he's, he's said that everybody is buying into it, and players have said that people are buying into what he's trying to do.
5: Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can't be afford to be losing a best young talent to buy a Munich, Man City, Watford. We, we need to get the best out of them. Uh, Tony Ralston, you know all of a sudden he's in the Scotland squad, he got some minutes and Scotland get the best result in years. I think that is absolutely no coincidence. God knows what the the result would have been if he'd got a full 90 minutes, you know. It could have been five or six now. It's, but yeah, Tony's just a shining example for anyone at, at the club that was maybe not sure where their career was going to have a look at it and go, well, look, look what Tony's achieved this season. There's no reason why, if I listen to the manager, I can't do similar.
4: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, there's other guys like Stephen Welsh who'll be looking at Tony Ralston thinking, if I can kick on here, why not make that pathway through? We've seen John Souter last night, you know, breaking into that Scotland team. We're going to get onto him as well. Um, so we're just touching him just now. John Souter, Lawrence, he um, scored last night for Scotland after uh, the, the ball was flicked on from Liam Cooper, Seder, um put the ball right into the back of the net. He's obviously had uh Decent start to the season under Robin Ilsen at heart. So it looks as if he's over the, the worst of the injuries. Pre-contract in January, I think he's 25. Yes or no? Should it be a player that we're looking at? Oh,
5: I think we should definitely be looking at him. Yeah, you know, it he looks as if, as if he'd fit Andy's system in terms that he's comfortable with the ball at his foot. He's a football player. He's having a good season. Why would we not be assessing him and, and, and see what he could bring to, to the club? Yeah. Uh, Great goal for him. It's, I mean, initially when he broke it, broke it in the United team, it seemed to be doing well. It seemed to lose his, his way a wee bit. United moved on to, to Hearts, and it seems, as you say, he's got over his injuries now, and he's putting in the performances that maybe his early United performances you thought he would he would do. So, listen, if we're not looking at him, there'll be loads of other clubs looking at him because you don't often get players of that caliber up in a free.
4: No, no, you don't. Um... This one for the, the listeners, people in comments. John Souter, yes or no for you. Um if it's a no, tell us why. If it's a yes, tell us why. It's an interesting one because um the manager yesterday again said, Lawrence, you know, if he could go out there and, and pick up a centre half that just clears the ball. Does he want to play his style of football? He's not interested in that. He wants to sign players that can play his way. Um I think, you know, majority of the guys that we've got in so far have did that with. Um, if you look at Carl Starfield, for instance, I know he's taking flack at times. Um, but you know, Angie I you—it's you know, a transition going from a team maybe just to getting 30 percent of the ball in the game to going to somebody that's 60 sixty, seventy percent of the ball of the game. You're asked to do a lot more with the ball. You're asked to recycle the you ball. You're asked to make moves with the ball at centre half that maybe just wouldn't do it other teams. So it's about getting players into that mould. But I believe that we've got a manager that can do that. maybe any player that he believes that he can go out and sign,
5: well, he's, he's got a track record of doing it. You, you know, we spoke to Jared and over in Australia and, and Dan in Japan, and they said, "Look, it's his first season; he's building the team, he's moulding it." I think we're ahead of where any is expected to be just now. So, you know, we've touched on what he's done for Ralston. I thought Taylor was having a good season until his injury. So, it's two fullbacks that are young. You know, they seem to have adapted well. They were singled out for praised by the manager. They've got new contracts. out settling in well. Carter Car- Car- Vickers just looks like he's been here for years, doesn't he?
4: It's- he does, yeah.
5: And, you know, he's got a plan and the manager, he's got a vision. I, I think that helps a lot. You know, people are bought into it. And it- he's right, don't buy people that don't fit the vision because they don't add to the sum of the team, do they? They, they probably take something away. If you can get somebody in it, fit fit fits your vision, it'll work better. So, I you know, interesting times with the transfer window coming up. But you know, hopefully we'll get a lead up in the bag by then. And you never know if we pull a result off over from Germany. I could I could see us taking some from Betis then.
4: Yeah, I think that Betis game, especially where be we actually played in Seville that night, but there's no reason why we can't uh, go to toe with Real Betis. I mean, we saw Scotland go to toe with a Denmark side last night that, that hadn't, uh, I think up until the last game against Moldova, hadn't considered a goal. They had a 100% win record, but Scotland went right at them and got the results. So it just shows you that, you know, in terms of football, any team can do it if they're really wanting it in the big stage. And I think, you know, the way we played in contrast against Denmark to the way we played against them at Hampden, and day. Um, And uh, again, that goes for for Celtic. Obviously, we get the two goals, went 2-0 up there and uh, Batiste, uh, 4-3 it finished. But, um, you know, there's no reason why we can't go and get a result against Betis, and even Pellegrini, I think, said, you know, don't write off this Celtic team, because we've got good players in there that can hurt you, and again, we were still in a very early auspices in the rands, I think that was only Jota's second game for Celtic that evening.
5: Yeah, listen, they, listen, without doubt, we've improved with a team since, as a team since then. If we go to Leverkusen and, and take something off Leverkusen, you, you know, why couldn't we beat better at Celtic Park? You know, it used to be a fortress in Europe. You know, we can get mm. get it back to that. It's... Yeah, you know, they've got two games with with really nothing to lose in them. Yeah, You know, they've shown that there's goals in this team and we're improving. So we know Bayern's got a bit of an injury crisis and I think that's their best game of the season was the result against us. So, mm. yeah, go over there determined to take something from from that and set up, you know, a meaningful game in the last game.
4: That's it, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Europa League would obviously... Be playing a, t- a tougher opponent, but it's a competition that Celtic fans would maybe like to, you know, have a good go at. Um, but again, there's some, some decent teams in the conference. But we've got that place secured. We've had this conversation last week. We, we both feel that in terms of the team, we've probably overachieved in Europe come this season, just at the stage that we were at. Um, and touched on Midland yesterday. It's Something we've spoken about on here in terms of where we were at that time, playing a settled Midland team compared to where we were as a, as a club, um if you look at the the starting living that night, it's a completely different team, completely different setup, and it's a lot more settled. we probably, you know, I think over two legs we'd beat i and still stick to that. We'd have played a very difficult PSV Eindhoven side. Um I don't know how we would have fared against them, but again we dropped into that Europa uh, playoff game against Izid Alkmaar and but exception obviously Jablonic before that, but Alkmaar a team that were settled a team that had good European pedigree and we looked very comfortable over the two legs I know that it was a bit uh, under the caution the away game Lawrence but we got through the tie and that was it and so far in the group stages you know Ferenc Varos you know, champions of, of Hungary I mean we, we we're absolutely you know pushed against them home and away
5: Yeah Ferenc Varos it was it just, I think it's a reflection of the team's progress isn't it you know it's, it's, we're getting better results when we're going I mean yeah Fair and Farris was just easy, wasn't it? It was just, as you said throwing away. Betis going 2-0 up. If the team had been a wee bit more settled, and a bit more experienced, you, you know, 2-0 really, would a, you'd expect to not could beat that game. But seeing that, it ends, ends up 4-3, you'd attain that before kick-off. You know, it's a good Betis team. Probably the, the team was Bayer, you, you know, losing so heavily to, to them. Uh, but the keeper of the crack of night, we had a couple of bad misses, and it was just a wee bit of freak result there. I don't think that, it was truly reflective of the, of the game. And, you know, maybe the players will be feeling that and they'll be going to Leverkusen going, you know, what you owe them something.
4: Yeah, 100%. And the, the context of that game as well, bringing Callum McGregor back in from injury and Keogh as well. Obviously, he had a chance earlier on in the game, but you could tell he wasn't 100% at his best. And obviously, right, bouncing off after that game, he went up with didn't get the result, which seemed to have kind of kick-started us. So, uh, yeah, I think there probably will be a wee bit of a heart felt in that day, sort of after that that four 0 performance at Celtic Park, and then um, you know they will probably look to go to Germany to try and get a result. And um, but just going to go back to what we we're discussing with John. Suter so we've got what a lot of folk comment on it. So yep, so yes, um, seems like the doctor usual comment around here. He's saying you know building his suit, he proved them wrong. I think he proved a lot of people wrong last night. I saw him in a team going to Hamden, and I thought, oh, but you know played very well, took his head up really well and looked very comfortable at the back. against a very good Danish outfit. Um, If the price is right, well, he's a pre-contract, so it would be a freebie. And I don't think, in terms of wages, we'd be looking at anything too astronomical. Um, Let's keep going. Is wage maybe a stumbling block? Do you think it would be a stumbling block, Lawrence? Or do you think we could come to a deal? I don't expect that he's in too much money at heart compared to what we could probably offer him.
5: So it depends what other deals he's got on the table, you know, if a premiership club comes to him or, you, you know, who else is looking at him, is, is going to put, that's going to set the market for the wages, isn't it? We're going to be able to pay more than anyone else in Scotland comfortably. It's just, if anyone else outside of Scotland starts looking at him, that's when it would get a wee bit sticky, you know, somebody from down south says, well, you know, we'll give you 20 grand a week. It's it's something that you, he's gone from maybe I don't know, what would be on at Hearts? Three or four grand? You know, and we didn't expect him to pay me mate, maybe. So it depends what the competition is for his, his signature. But i I'd like to think that we are, uh, we, we're we're going to oh, be at the head of the queue. We're at least going to have a chat with him and try and tie him down. Mm. Because, yeah. but listen, you got to buy a ticket, you're going to win a lottery. You, you know, he's got to be a guy we're looking at and speaking to if, to see to see what he'd want to come to us, try and beat other clubs to it. Listen, it's... And the clubs that maybe be looking at them down south, they're not going to be playing in front of 60,000. They're not going to be winning trophies. There's stuff that, you know, we can offer them over and above money.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Absolutely. And um, Daniel's saying that he thinks John Suter is would walk into these levels above Carol Starfeld. I'm not too sure about that one. I think Stafford still He's, I think he's become a lot more comfortable in terms of, you know, Manchester of football. Um, but I do think John Sutter would, would work in a style of football. And again, one of the comments here from David Kelly, one of our usual Tuesday contributors saying getting staff it for free losers to spend money uh, and a few other positions, that, that is something probably crucial about it as well, you know, where we wouldn't need to have a big outlay here, Lawrence. And um, in terms of the position of centre-back, obviously we've got Cameron Carter Vickers uh, with an option to buy. Apologies, I get that wrong a couple of weeks ago. I said I wasn't sure, and I was corrected. We do have an option to buy in Cameron Carter Vickers. I would hope that we we do have that conversation with him again. Know we'll, we'll be up with a player, and whether you know he's quite happy to come to Celtic, once the deal to happen? We've got Julian there, um, Julian, who's still you know there's a big question mark to when he'll actually return. We don't know. We keep saying after this international break, but the manager. I think a couple of weeks back, said, you know, he's still a good bit off. And we've got Stephen Welsh in there, of course, and we've got Carl Stafford that like, we, we splashed 4 million on. So in terms of what we've actually got, in terms of the four there, Lawrence, obviously Dane Murray and the youth set up, um, I think suited sort of would add to that and, you know, you can't really be too short in centre-backs so with Celtics up, can you?
5: <laughs> Not with injury record, no. L- listen, he ticks a lot of boxes, he suits the style, he, he, he knows the leak. you know, and He's not going to cost the earth for us, is he? You know, we, we do have a finite budget. We could, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be Ange's call, but I, I think he's definitely worth looking at. And if we can tie him up, it may stop him going elsewhere in the league. You know, it, you, you could get that double bonus. Uh, where else are we going to look to strengthen? I think attacking midfield, the midfield's something that's just not looked right. And, and, and maybe another forward because. Yakamakis has looked a wee bit off it, but, you know, he's still got time to come good. But if Kuo goes to get injured, you're worried again. And, and perhaps at the other end of the park, you, you're looking at getting Barkas out and then a, a backup keeper in. Maybe Barkas and being out and getting a backup in. Because we've still got Connor, Connor Hazard there, and, you know, he's an international keeper. So, yeah, if you get suited in for free, it, it lets us spend our budget elsewhere, doesn't it?
4: Um, It does let us spend our, our budget elsewhere um, it's obviously positions left back we've got plenty of left backs in the building but we, we don't know if the manager is going to just persist with uh, Josip Juranovic who qualified his country Croatia qualified for the World Cup the other night I thought he was exceptional um, he got taken off before they, they got that goal but he was excellent Um, it's a proper footballer Josip Juranovic and I think you know, that was a real good deal to get in the building It's a good player to have around the building Um. Somebody seen in the comments here that Denmark were here on the holiday. Well, the rumor was Lawrence that if Denmark went, the the group 100%, they were all getting 117 grand each as a bonus. Yeah, I don't think they were probably here in the holiday. I think Scotland uh, Scotland did the uh, oh. Danish FA a turn last night. Um, Listen,
5: well, so they were got that, and at left back, don't forget Tony Ralston. We now know he can play left back. Mm. <laughs> mm. You, you know, it's yeah. So, so it's yeah. No. Listen, it was no holiday for them. They were gutted to lose that game. What, what team wouldn't, wouldn't want to go you No know, 100% record? No, no one's giving that away lightly. Uh, no, no professional footballer. So, great result. But, yeah, left back, hopefully. You know, Taylor's still a wee bit away, but it's it, it's who else comes in. Does ball move out? Because I think he's, he's way down the pecking order. What scales his position? Who knows? And Montgomery's done well, but, you know, is he more left winger? Is he a left
4: back or is he a left winger? Is the question we... Uh, Adam yeah.
5: So it's, it's maybe something that we would look at, you know. But I think midfield priority, maybe another striker and a backup keeper, and mm. yeah, get get rid of some of the players that just don't fit. You know, that are perhaps on higher wages, and just try to move them out. Barkas, a, a Yeti, Boy. You know, I think we've kind of touched through those three numerous times. That if we could get them off the wage bill, would would free that up for us.
4: Um, I think ball and goalie's are a little interesting one Lawrence, because obviously we've seen him featured against Livingston and Motherwell. Um in both games he was okay, didn't really do anything in raw eh, do anything wrong at Fur Park, he looked very comfortable. But um it, it would appear, you know, that the manager just didn't fancy him he appears and he disappears. Um and as you see if he is one of the, the higher wages at the club I'd imagine he, he would be. I the fee that we paid for him for a rapid fee and it was about three and a half billion quid. Um, you know, it, if it's wages that it can be freed up to to give other players I and mean, we need to get them shifted. It's a no-brainer and in terms of the goalkeeper, as you say there, uh Fasilis Barkas, if he goes out the door, you know, there's a question mark by a lot of Celtic fans, maybe over Scott Bain. I, I don't know about that because obviously Scott Bain, you know, broke into that Celtic team. I think as Alan said on Friday in Merritt, eh, under Brendan, when he dropped Craig Gordon, eh, he, you know, looked very comfortable with the ball at his feet, did everything that the manager was wanting him to do. And then after the Clues game at Celtic Park, Neil Lennon obviously just didn't fancy him at all. Dropped him, brought in Fraser Foster. And then when it wasn't going well with Barkas, he turned back to Bean. So I, I don't know if that's just a case of, you know, Scott Bean just not having any luck in terms of, you know, selection-wise and when he's picking and choosing. I, I run a game for Scott Bane underneath Ange Postacoglu. We maybe do him the world of good. I know he's featured a bit this season. But um, in terms of Joe Hart was to, you know, pick up an injury. Would you have confidence in Scott being coming in and do his a turn for a few games?
5: I don't think he's anywhere near the level of heart. And I, I think maybe yeah, that's, I the, that's the worry. The gap's so big, isn't it? And yeah. you, and it's a position that, listen, when Ange came in, he, he, he fancied Barcast over Bane. So it's kind of, he's going to do his a turn at a certain level, but it's something that I'd like to improve that backup option, shall we say. Mm. I think we could do with a better option. Uh, uh, you know for, for Scott ben, maybe it's you, you, it's t- probably his last ever move you know it's maybe it's time for him to look elsewhere and say right I need some first time football because mm-hmm. he, he's probably a, a all players bit benefit from playing but the only way he's going to get a run of games is an injury of heart just now isn't it a sustained injury which no one wants so yeah it's maybe but then again it depends on who we can bring in you know who else is out there in the keeper What standard you know, I'd be moving Barkas out the door before Bain, but yeah, it's still something I want to improve on. And if I could get, you know, somebody decent in, I'd say, well, we gave Conor Hazard a new a new contract. How many keepers do we need? He's an international keeper. Do we gain anything we haven't been playing in front of him? You know, what is th- the third choice keeper? I am not sure we do.
4: Yeah, there's also the the lad, um, his name escapes, me now, but the place for the for the team at this moment, Toby. Yep. He's yeah, been on Yep. Um, so again, you know that could be some uh, somebody that we could possibly look to. He's obviously got the manager's touch, uh, trust. In terms, I've been on the bench a few times now, um, so he's one that we could possibly look at. Anybody in the league for you, Lawrence? That you would you would take in terms of the goalkeeper position? Obviously, Sigrist is one that gets uh, batted about a lot. Marciano, the former Hibs goalkeeper, at No, of course, Zander Park. Zander Park.
5: Listen. Yeah. Won two cups. He was in Scotland's most successful team last year. So he's got to be worth a look. You know, it's not often provincial clubs won two cups, and goalkeepers got to have been a big part of that. So he's got to be worth a look. But maybe you're right. Maybe I think Ange might look within first. Maybe Toby is a guy with a big future. He's playing England under 21. He's not a bad keeper if he's doing that. You know, it's. And the answer can't always be to buy so perhaps I'm just looking as he's been on the bench a few times so maybe he's saying you, you know what well, that boy's worth trusting
3: All right, guys sorry there I just thought I'd pop it's in to right. say hello um, I'm not going to cramp your style Declan you run the show and um, if you want to hear my opinions you're free to ask but I uh, just wanted to say hello you look very smart Lawrence Listen, as always, mate, as always. Yes. Or is that, is that a not normally? No, no, you always scrub up well. And uh, of course, Declan with that T-shirt, an absolute uh, classic for a, a legend of your CSC as well. So sad, sad day yesterday.
4: Yeah, it was a sad day, Paul. Um, touching at the, the top of the show, you know, I said that, you know, in the three years that, I've kind of got to know Bertie, he's been a great support to me with a good friendship, and he was always on the other end of the phone for me. I'm going to miss him like all Celtic Windsor. I'm going to miss him a lot. And I know yourself, you know, you were there that night in Dino, um, 50th anniversary, and he, you know, uh, you know, defied belief, I think, for those few months. He was in yeah. Lisbon um, doing a thing with the STV. He was at the Hydro. He was in Talk Sport, He was in George Square. And uh, that day, you know, the day after the 50th anniversary, he went from a lunch and the Double Tree Hilton and came with seat down to Greenock to see the supporters come down. And then he was going to another function, wasn't he, Paul?
3: I know. And by the time we seen him in Greenock, Declan, he was standing there with the, the top button out and the tie was down. And he was, Good. you know, but he wanted to do it because I think his words were all about, uh, you know, his as, as teammates. He, he just mm-hmm. wanted to do it in memory of all his teammates and the bond at that that. That group of players had. It's um, there's a lot. There's a lot great about the modern game. You know, I don't always want to give the modern game a kicking, but there's a lot that's been lost. Declan, and that that bond between that group of men that lasted a lifetime is something I don't think we'll ever see again.
4: No, it's not. And you know, they they were a family. Um, I know. You know, especially guys like John Clark, and Bobby, that were really, really close to Betty we'll, we'll miss them a lot because. You know, a lot of the time they were always at the do's together. Um, I was talking to John's granddaughter the other day and I was seeing you know, the two of them together were really, really good because Bertie was the, you know, rather loud, boisterous, loud one and Clarkie was the, the dry humour that always kept him in line. Uh, one of the stories doing at Irvine was, was kind of standing. So I'm talking to Bertie, usual, you know, blah, blah, blah about Mary Hill and whatnot. Just and just nods and says, listen, look at that cue. He says, we're here all night and do this. We'll be here all night. You, shut up. You, take the 40 eh? Let's go. So that was just Clarkie, always <laughs> keeping Perry in line.
3: <laughs> Brilliant. The other thing I was going to ask you, um, of course, you were in yesterday with the, the Ange Postacoglu press conference. Mm-hmm. And he's you no know, someone that I've had the pleasure of speaking to. Colin was representing Axom yesterday. Um, and I just wanted to ask the pair of you, Lawrence, as well. I had a chance to watch it last night in full. It was about three quarters of an hour. And every time I hear this guy speaking, I just, I, you know, I love him even more. But it was the fact that it's fan engagement, Declan. This is something we were screaming out for last season. Um, and he's embraced it. He's embraced it in a big, big way. I think when I look at the club, Fran Alonso, of course, is very, very good at that, uh, you know, engaging with fans. But Poster Postacoglu, for me, he, he just gets us as a fan base do you think, you know, when he goes along to these events, like he did with the Tommy Burns one, the reaction that he's got has maybe surprised him a wee bit, Declan? The positive reaction that he's got?
4: Yeah, um, I think one of the stories in the group chat, that we we're, were all in, um, Kevin Taperson, his wife, was up taking a photograph of the queue to send it back home because they couldn't believe it and he said he's never been invited yesterday to as many people's houses uh, ever <laughs> anywhere he's went. So um, I think Celtic fans have certainly taken to him and Percy's a very nice guy i had the pleasure of meeting him once very humble very unassuming um, and he just does get Celtic and you know I think all his core values and beliefs as he touched on yesterday are very much in the, the Celtic ethos and you know we have really got ourselves a, a gem of a manager here with a, a vision as well I think something that Celtic's did really badly in previous years is short termism and um, if we can give this guy the right tools and keep him at the club in terms of a vision and where we want to be um, he's definitely the right man to do that.
3: Did he call you, mate? He did at the very
4: end of it. Yes.
3: <laughs> what is it? In a very positive way, though.
4: No, no, no. It was a thank you, mate. So it wasn't a bad mate. Don't worry about it.
3: I think Maybe if he sure. uh, if he calls Celtic fans, mate, it's a different mate, isn't it? Yeah, Than absolutely. Mainstream media, but, but it along looks, that, it looks was, a lot was... more
4: comfortable, Paul, with Celtic fans. I thought yesterday, um, just in terms of the longevity of it. Forty five minutes plus good part of an hour and just sitting talking away. He looked very, very comfortable going through a manner of different questions but answering them all with detail and an insightfulness that you know some managers just wouldn't, you know, bother doing. But he's obviously wants to make the time and is happy to make the time to talk to Celtic fans. Um he was in no rush whatsoever. He's obviously a very busy man, but was in no rush whatsoever and was quite happy to, to talk to the support. So um long may that continue.
3: And you've met him? Is that a couple mm-hmm. of times? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a couple of times already, just out and about doing his thing. In and I'm not after that with a
4: house yet. We'll wait till New Year for that, maybe get him up for a, a swift one after we hopefully get a result in January, the beginning of January.
3: Well, here's hoping. Um, I don't want to take this show over, Declan. This is your show, mate, so you just run with it, and I'm if I can chip to... in, I'm happy to. Well
4: do. um do. I think the reason you probably appeared, Paul, was to wish Tony Ralston happy birthday. Aye. Um, I... Uh, because Lawrence, I know you've you've you mentioned it a few times, but last night he came on, came on at left back, and uh, you know, first play to him, I think all three of us probably doubted him at one point or another. Didn't know whether he could break into that Celtic team, and um, but Lawrence, he broke into that Celtic team, he cemented his place in it, and now he's coming on for Scotland. And you know, Stephen O'Donnell was okay last night, but I think as you say, if you know Tony Alves was at right back, he might have had a better result.
5: Definitely, Listen, I think last Tuesday we said, you know, undroppable for Celtic, unpickable for Scotland. At least, you know, it might have taken an injury or a suspension for Steve Clark to see the light, you know, but he's played left-back. And, you know, another man-in-the-match performance for Tony Ralston, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he just, he's just been outstanding, hasn't he? he? What a season. But we've touched on it, you know, Andrew's got a big part to play in that and the hope that's got to give the younger players at Celtic saying, well, oh, you know what, Tony's made it. There's no reason I can
4: Paul, what's your thoughts been on Tony Ralston? And, and, you know, I'm breaking into that Scotland set-up now. Steve Clark's obviously had the chance to look at him in training. Do you think that from now on he probably will be a pick? Because he's obviously did something right to get on in the game last night. I know Andy Robertson had picked up a week at a, at a knock, I think, when he went off. But, have, you know, I had a good look at him now in training and probably knows what he can offer him
2: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com
4: for more. And uh, in terms of his performances compared to, you know, Stephen Adorno at Malibu, I would say uh, Tony Ralston, as far and above uh, uh, Stephen Adornal at this point in time,
3: and I don't even think that's because we're we're looking at this with green tinted specs, stick I just think mm. that it's just a you know it's factual in terms of the games that he's played, uh, the level and you know he's been playing it at, at, in Europe Europe this season as well, and his level of performance has been tremendous. It really has. I keep going back to that the whole the whole mental challenge of being a young player coming through. You're coming through, you're, you're a contemporary Kieran Tierney at that time. So he's coming through at 17 uh, under Ronnie Dyla. And how many players would have already fallen by the wayside deck, you know, before this season, you know, during all that period? And I think the one, the one period probably where it was more likely was, and it's not a dig at uh, Neil Lennon, but during the Neil Lennon uh, era, he was obviously not fancied. He played very, very few games. And so many players just check out, don't they? Then they get a a contract somewhere else and they move around. And every so often you hear that they've moved to another club. I thought that was Tony Ralston's future. And what he's done this season, he's been thrown in because he was the only right-back that we had. Uh, He was thrown into the pre-season games. We watched it with interest. And he has developed and got stronger and got better. And last night, I just think, capped that part of his career. I don't think he needs to justify it. I don't think, you know, those like yourself who had doubts, like us, everybody on this show, we all had doubts about Tony and We didn't think he was going to be the guy at right back to take us forward. But as, as Lauren said before, you, you just, you wouldn't drop him. We've got a Croatian internationalist playing out of position to accommodate him. And that, that for me, is a compliment to to Tony. And it's something we'll probably focus on a lot more and in more depth, maybe later in the week when Kevin and I are on, with Tony on Thursday. um, The five right-backs that Tony Ralston's seen off at Celtic Park, Mm. you know, and the levels that they came in on and the profiles that they had, and Tony Ralston's outlasted a whole lot of them. So he's deserving of his contract and he's deserving of uh, that debut for Scotland last night, 100%.
4: Absolutely. And uh, everyone at Axel wishes him a very happy birthday to the brickie. Um, But somebody in contrast to Tony Ralston, who maybe hasn't shown as much in a Celtic jersey this season as of yet is James McCarthy? One of the comments coming in here is, can you let McCarthy go as well? Now, the manager um, yesterday, Paul, said, you know, he said didn't want to make excuses for a player, but in terms of when they brought him in, um, we'd taken him when he was a free agent, no club, and he said it was always going to take time to, to get him up to speed. So it would seem that Ange Glue. I know Lawrence definitely hasn't written him off, and saying that James McCarthy still got a a part to play here at Celtic. Do you still see McCarthy giving us something and justifying that four-year deal, which I think all of us were still bemused that it was such a long-term contract that we gave him?
3: You know, I was interested to hear that response, but this is the thing with fans, Declan. We talk about it all the time on the the bulletin, and then when we get the opportunity in the, the fans' forum to speak to Ange, these are the types of questions we want to hear what's happening with James McCarthy? And I'm not sure who asked the question, but it was, a, it was an excellent question. And um, I can understand that if he's not had the, the full pre-season under his belt, even though he obviously on a personal level try to remain fit, then not only has he come into to full-time training, but the intensity apparently of, of Postacoglu's training as well is extremely high. Uh, and he's picked up niggles that perhaps once he's at full fitness won't be an issue. I'm glad to hear that as Postacoglu sees a, a future, for James McCarthy at Celtic, because that's one position at the club that I think I'm not 100% sold on that we've got a first pick. If you want to call it the number six, you know, Beton, he's playing well there at the moment, Declan, another player who, you know, we've said it with Roderick, we've said it with Alston, we, we wouldn't have minded too much if he had left a few yeah. times in his Celtic career. But he's doing okay there, and of course we've got Sorrow, but McCarthy for me is your first pick when fit. Um, I want to see him firing on all cylinders. He is only 30. People talk about him at 30 because of the injuries that he's got, Declan, that he's had in his career as if he's 35. He is only 30. Um, you know, and he's here for four years. And I, I just hope that we can get a run of games out of James McCarthy. I said kind of earlier on in the season, and it's certainly not been proved right yet, that he might be the surprise package. He might be the... Black sheep who comes into a game as the season progresses, and I hope that's the case. I'm a big fan of him as a player.
4: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've all seen you know flashes of him and his time in English Premiership with Wigan, Everton, and Crystal Palace. He showed that the quality he's got, he showed that in the international stage for the Republic of Ireland as well. So, you know, we want him to kick on. Um, but interesting to hear that the manager of the game is full of praise for for near beat on yesterday, saying you know, he's been a, a you know, key player for him so far. Um, Paddy's told us it was Hamish that asked the question. Hamish, another top man that always does a good bit in the old uh, fan media stuff too. Um, Lawrence, to come to you on this one, this was Colin's question and this is what Postacog was asking. He was asking about the rebuild, he was asking about the second phase of the rebuild and where we're going in terms of structure. we are brought in Anton McElhone, we're we're seeing the the positives of that coming to fruition now, but This was Postacoglu's answer back to Colin. He said, there's no doubt going into January, we still have some work to do with the playing roster, particularly in terms of depth in certain areas. In terms of the structure around here, we still need some work around our recruiting and our scouting department. That will be the next focus for me to make sure we get the right people in the area. That's probably the one area where football is changing rapidly. The information that is out there and how you get that information and how you use that information, particularly around scouting, that's the next step for me in terms of January. What was your thoughts on those comments? Because he's obviously clearly saying that we're still, you know, Fred being a lot of departments and we really, you know, doing need to keep a focus on it. It's good that we, we know we are. We're, you know, there's self-awareness there from, from Ange. I hope there's self-awareness there from the, the Celtic board in terms of filling those positions that he's obviously saying we desperately need people in. But,
5: yeah, you've touched it. We're aware of it. You know, he's, he's made other comments that, you know, we're working on it at least he seems to have a structure plan the way he's approaching stuff he's already speaking to players he's he going right the next thing I need to sort is this he seems to have uh, tightened up the sieve so much so that I don't think it's a sieve anymore you know the best record in the league defensively he knows the areas he's got to work on we're doing better we're scoring goals for set pieces see who would have thought that <laughs> you know it's he's definitely a man with a plan and you know he's done it consistently wherever he's been so I think we've got to trust the process with Ange. He's a guy, I mean, anytime you hear him speak, you know he's a guy that knows what he's doing. There's an honesty in the way he speaks and he's, you know, he's genuine and it comes across. And I think that's why people want him so much. But, but you've touched on, it. you know, he's praising Beaton. You know, early in the season, it was it was Ralston and Taylor, three players that were whipping boys for the fans. But I tell you what I've not seen Ange do, I've not seen him throw any player under the bus. I've not seen him do that, which has got to be brilliant from the player's point of view.
4: 90%. yeah, so I a really good point. Because there has been, you know, some performances where it would have been very easy for, for the manager to not take responsibility and just, you know, throw players in the bus, but he's always taken responsibility and he's always the one that, you know, says that this is on me and, and only me and I think that's that's testament to him as a manager and that lets players like Tony Ralston, who again I think that Celtic team from last season coming off the back yet are still mentally hurt. I think, you know, there's a core group in there that, that went through every uh, Turner, I know brought in 12 players, but, you know, your core in there, McGregor, Turnbull, etc., you know, went through a really difficult period, Stephen Welsh as well, at a young age, um, to come in and, you know, I don't think that would have helped him last season, but it's about building that resilience, pool and he is doing that, and as Lawrence said, he is a man with a plan, he has got a vision, it's just about him being back to, to properly execute that now,
3: isn't it? It is, and Lawrence said trust the process there, and I think earlier on I said, is trust the process this season's keep the faith. And I don't think it is. Because last season, when we were getting told to keep the faith, and I love keep the faith, right? I don't mean the Bon Jovi song. I love keep the faith as a moniker. I love the fact that, you know, there's a connection with it to Northern Soul as well as Celtic. But yet last season, it was blind faith. You know, it was keep the faith for what? It's never going to get any better. This season, at least we've got that plan, Declan. And that's the thing trust that process, trust that plan um, and I think we've seen enough to suggest that um, the plan, at the moment, it won't be 100%. I think Ange is maybe something of a perfectionist when it comes to it and he's going to utilise everything he possibly can but the big thing yesterday about that, that engagement was it wasn't contrived. He does, and we've said it before, he does get the Celtic support and at this moment in time I feel that the board are in a very precarious situation with the Celtic support, and the only thing keeping us happy at the moment is Ange and his team. Now we know that there's other developments kicking on at the, at the moment, and there's been protests against them. Dex, so the board need to realise that if they don't fully back this man in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not one of these guys that say get rid of the backroom team because he's obviously happy with them, you know, because he would have made so, these yes, changes. Yeah.
4: Yep. It suggests that he's comfortable with all of them. So you know, I think we him. we'd all agreed that as long as he was happy with them as a support, that's fine by us,
3: hundred percent. But back him, really, really back him as much as he, he requires. I don't want to come out the transfer window, for example, thinking that you know we're running maybe a couple of bodies short because we are. Mm. We're still running a couple of bodies short as we're, we sit here just now. You were talking about goalies earlier. I don't trust any of our back backup goalies other than young Toby. You know, and, and Conor Hazard perhaps because I'm not quite sure what the situation is with Conor but Barkas and Bain I'd rather they weren't in goals for Celtic even if Hearts injured or suspended
4: Yeah no, 100% and I think you know, it's a key position your goalkeeper and you saw how you know big an issue it was for his last season um, and that wasn't a depth issue that was his pick the number one because it seemed every passing week as we were in the deepest locked down as if they were just putting the names into a hat and picking out what one was going to play in goals for us Um but to finish today, obviously Saturday is gonna be I think an emotional day for, for all Celtic fans that will be at Hamden and probably watching on as we pay testament to, to Bertie Old, one of the Celtic's greatest ever players. And dubbed as Mr. Celtic, he probably does as well deserve it of that title, alongside guys like Toby Burns, Billy McNeil, even Neilie mocking as well for everything. John Clark, the guys that, you know, have given everything to the club. Um but, you know, going to Hamden, Lawrence, it's gonna be a big occasion. Um, I've not been there for a wee while. Um, looking forward to the game, and again, it's St Johnston, a team that Bertie Old scored the only goal against in 1969 to win the League Cup. So, could be a wee bit of fate written in that. But it's uh, it could be testament. You know, Bertie said that Hamden was Celtic's second training ground. They used to pop their car there all the time, thinking that that's where they used to go. So, as the wee man would say, you know, can they play? I think the Celtic team can play and I expect a big performance from them on Saturday.
5: Yeah, listen, definitely, you know, as you touched on it, Bertie's training ground. St Johnston's a good team. Yeah. Uh, you know, won two out of three trophies last last season, won both Cups. So they've shown they can do it at hand-in as well, but I think we'll have more than enough for them. You know, Aten just got his playing in a style. Uh, listen, and the players will all have met Bertie. You know, they're going to take that extra bit of motivation, aren't they? They know that the fans will be looking for that performance that's going to you know, on a belly here matches memory. So I am expecting us to be three or four here.
4: Mm. Um, hopefully Carl McGregor puts in a an old style shift Paul as the midfield general in there. Um you quite confident that, you know, and amongst all the emotion and stuff um that, that Celtic will go to Hamden on Saturday with a fresh approach to the game. As I said last last week it might help that we're not going straight into league action. Um, this game is of course Not a free hit We want to be at the, the final But in terms of Playing St Johnstone It's a St Johnstone team That have a very different approach To how they play this in the league um, And sitting behind the ball Because they need to get a result And the, the game needs to be uh, Decided on the day So I think in terms of that It probably suits Celtic A wee bit better this fixture Than the ball St Johnstone
3: uh, I mean Huge respect for what Has been done at St Johnstone uh, Last season was unbelievable Absolutely. But I think They're weaker this season, I do think they're weaker. But in saying that, you know, some of these teams we do find difficult to break down. If we came away, I'd love for Lawrence to be right. But if we come away with the same score that we did back in the Bertie All Cup final we're a single goal, happy with that, get us in to the, the final. And the thing with uh, that final uh, that you referred to earlier, that was the one where Tommy Gemmell was controversially dropped at the last mm. minute for Davy Hay, wasn't it? Davy was just coming into the side and uh, Gemmell was dropped. Was it for his exploits for Scotland when he booted the the West German? Yeah, I think it was that. Mm. Um, And, you know, there was tension between him and Jockstein. David Hay came in uh, and played in place of Tommy that day. But I'd be happy with a 1-0, to be honest with you, Deck, at this stage. Uh, And just, you know, the the next four games are crucial for Mm. Celtic. Uh, We spoke about it the other day there. We've played four games less than the entire John Barnes' tenure at Celtic. So he he got 29 games, Andrew's on 25. And to match his win percentage is 65 point something, we need to win the next four. The big question is, can we? Two league games at home, St. Johnston in the Cup, and we've also got uh, Leverkusen as well. Uh, so away from home. I think we're capable, but um, you know, even if it's a one nothing, I'll be happy.
4: Yeah, I think we'll all take a result as long as we're in that cup final, which is where we want to be in December, which would really give the, the team a platform to kick on into the new year. And uh, it would get, you know, the first trophy under the belt for Ange. And in terms of league cup, it's a, a competition that, you know, the route, it's not easy, but it's accessible in terms of, you know, Celtic with what we've got. And if we get home ties, you're only three games away from the final, I think. so. Uh, there's no reason why not. We can't be there. We've obviously, you know, faced a tough Hearts team in the first round of this competition. When we ended it, won very comfortably, uh, off the back of the throwers. Obviously, then this game. So there's no reason why we can't be in that final. We want to be in that final, and I think it'd be a real tribute if we can go on and, and win the, the cup for for rebert But um, to everybody that's joined us in the comments, thanks for joining us. We'll be back all week in the build-up to St Johnston at Hamden on Saturday. I'm sure there'll be other tributes for Bertie coming in from all our contributors on Axon. But to everybody for watching this afternoon, to Lawrence and Paul for his uh, cameo appearance in the Tuesday Club. You're welcome anytime. Thank you for watching a Celtic night. <laughs>